Hey there, my name is Rachel Bernardi, and we're starting a series of devos this week where we're going to look at the word glory, what it means, and why God's glory is important to us. And so today we're going to be looking at God's glory in His Son, Jesus, as a baby. Have you ever stopped and just looked at a baby? You know, their heads are bigger than their bodies, and their eyes are just beautiful. I don't think I've ever met an ugly baby, but when I think of glory, I don't also don't necessarily think of babies. But when the God who created all things became a man in the form of a baby, something glorious, amazing, and marvelous happened. Here's what Luke chapter 2 says. And in that region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Okay, so in this passage, God's glory is shining in a pasture right in the middle of a bunch of smelly sheep and smelly shepherds. It scared them half to death. But the point in this passage is that God's glory is in the fields on the earth. But if you look back in the Old Testament in say, Psalm 8 verse one, for example, it says that God's glory is above the heavens. So that verse makes you think that God's glory is far beyond our reach. Well, I talk about this a little bit more deeply in the written Devo, but when sin came into the picture both in our hearts and our bloodline from Adam to today, any direct access we had with God was broken off. Because of sin, we lost the right and the authority to rule and reign on this earth. And without a go-between, God's presence and therefore His glory would always be inaccessible to us. And instead of ruling and reigning here, we, we became slaves to sin and we worshiped the things that we were supposed to rule over. So the moment that God became a man in the form of a gentle, humble baby, born to a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, the light of God's goodness, His glory, burst through the divide and flooded the earth, noticeable to those who were paying any attention at all. Like the shepherds who heard the angels sing, glory to God in the highest. Why were those angels celebrating like they were? Because they knew that that moment in time was the pivot point for all of human history. When Jesus entered the world as a baby, he truly was the real and the only possible game changer. In that moment, the word that was made flesh dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That verse, John 1.14, sets the stage for a clear understanding of what glory is. It describes the reason why His presence takes our breath away. In John 1.14, the glory of God is directly linked to the phrase, full of grace and truth. So what does it mean for Jesus to be full of grace and full of truth? Let's start with the truth. The truth is that God sees us right where we are, in our sin and our self-centered thinking, the things we think about that don't reflect God's thoughts or character, and our comparisons and our self-righteous judgments. 
and our desires to, to get ahead or get more or get something different than what we've already got. In comparison, there's none of that, no rebellion or selfishness in God. He is unfazed by our sin and He righteously judges what's in us. And like Isaiah declared, we know in our hearts that we are a man of unclean lips. And that's the truth about us when we don't have the blood of Jesus covering our sin. And that split second of truth, when we see who we are in comparison to who He is, we are confident in one thing, our demise. But when we admit that we need a Savior, we experience something else far beyond our understanding. His perfect, right, and complete judgment is also perfectly and beautifully covered with His love, mercy, and grace. The prophet Isaiah, the Apostle John, and many others experienced both the judgment and the love of God, truth, and grace. The outcome of that was recognizing how truly glorious our God was and is and will ever be. So, what is glory? It's simply the splendor of our Creator who is magnificently beautiful in His pure, selfless goodness and enduring love. When we recognize that He sees us in all our rebellious, broken ugliness and then lovingly covers it all by His sacrifice in accordance with our surrender, we realize like, whoa, that's heavy. And we drop to our knees, grateful that He didn't just wipe us off the map. Instead, He covers us and we are accepted, and that grounds us in the weight of His love. The crazy thing then is that He partners with us in carrying the light and weight of His glory to our world. It's a beautiful gift that He's given us to lovingly obey Him each moment in every day. And the cool thing is that the more often we choose to humbly obey Him out of our love for God, the more our lives then reflect His glory. Matthew 5:16 says, So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That word glorify is a verb that means to bring glory to, to point others to, to keep our focus on God rather than focusing on ourselves. So my son and I were walking his dog early one morning at St. John's in the Heights. Now St. John's is situated on a ridge with a, with a big open field on one side and we were across on the other side of the property. And the sun was rising over the field and we stopped and noticed dozens of dragonflies over there. And the rising sun was reflecting off of their wings and from where we were standing, it looked like tiny little lights slowly dancing in the air. It was beautiful. It reminded me of a couple of dreams I had a few years ago that showed me some powerful things about God's glory. In the first dream, I encountered truth and grace. I saw the sin in me from God's perspective, and it wrecked me. And at the exact same time, God's perfect judgment was equally balanced with His overwhelming love for me. Though I felt perfectly judged and completely undone, I also felt 100% loved and accepted by the same God who had every right to simply obliterate me. My last thought in that dream was, God, if you put one more drop of your love inside of me, I think my body is going to explode. And then I woke up. In the second dream, and similar to the dragonflies, I saw what seemed like 10,000 tiny little lights just floating in the sanctuary. It represented God's glorious presence. And the very moment that our people entered into His presence, they received everything they needed from Him, whether healing or comfort or acceptance or peace, just by entering into His presence. Because God's presence brings light into dark places, life into dead things, and healing into wounded hearts. 
And so I see God's glory as both weight like the first dream and light like the second dream. Psalm 108 verse 5 is a worship prayer that says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all over the earth. When we worship like that, with all our focus on God, loving Him with all we've got, we experience the weight of His glory like something that grounds you. His glory grounds us, not to earth, but to His goodness and His love. The weight of God's glory grounds us in seasons of doubt and uncertainty, that He won't, he won't reject us, He won't leave us, and He won't change His mind about us. The weight of God's glory also grounds us in seasons of change. Though everything around us may change, His word, His truth, and His love never change. He loves us now, He has always loved us, and He always will. Nothing can separate us from that, and therefore we are grounded. That's God's glorious weight. We also experience God's glory as His light, like what the shepherds experienced that day. When His light shines in our hearts, it reveals what is and is not of God. And like a fire, it burns away what is not of Him. And like laser surgery, it heals us and creates miracles in us, for us, and through us, for others. When we get in His presence everything we need, everything that's missing, whether we're aware of it or not, is provided. And His presence is available to all of us always, if we stop whatever we're doing to receive Him. Our God is the quintessential gentleman. He does not go where He is not invited. And He waits until we make time and space for Him. And yet, He can't fill a space that's full of stuff. And so if we want to live in God's glory, if we want to glorify Him like we were made to be and to do originally, we simply humble ourselves every day choosing to lovingly surrender to Him first and then obey Him. To love Him is to obey Him. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Because we love Him in return. And so we give room for God's glory to shine and flow through us all day, every day. We give Him access to our schedule, our time and our resources. We give when He says give, we go when He says go, and we say what He wants us to say, when He wants us to say it, and even how He wants us to say it. The point is that it's in our loving and humble obedience that the glory of God shines through our lives. And that's why the angels were singing glory, because they knew what we now know, which is that a tiny little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger was about to live 33 years in complete loving and humble obedience so that he can take all our sins on the cross, raise from the dead, and defeat Satan, sin, and self for all of eternity. That's something to shout glory about. And so I encourage you to take some time this week to reflect on John 1:14 and Matthew 5:16, and then ask Jesus to walk with you, shining his light in every corner of your life and filling you with his love. Invite him to show you anything in your life that doesn't reflect his glory, and then choose to surrender that to him. God bless you, church.